Welcome to Rocker Radio. I'm Jason Bryan, and you're listening to the Big Interview. There are many quotes about security that you might hear. I like the one by Branch Rickey, which says, "Never surrender opportunity for security." Recently, we were in Marrakesh, and I had the chance to meet one of our industry's real personalities. That is Alan Murphy from Solisys. Solisys were recently announced for the second year as a Tier One vendor in Rocco's SMS firewall research. So it's always interesting to speak to them about fraud and security topics. In his interview, Alan tells us about how he started in Solisys and discusses one of the industry's top challenges right now, which is IoT security. IoT security is a number one kind of thing when people think of IoT. What's going to happen? It yeah. is all about security. Connectivity is kind of a given, right? Because <laughs> if you're not connected, you're not really IoT. Security is the main thing here, and we don't think enough attention is being paid to the signaling security side. The first thing, Alan, I have to ask you is one of my favorite questions: is how do people get into telecoms and? When they're a child, you know, you want to be an astronaut, a policeman, or you want to be a, a singer in, in the Spice Girls. I mean, what is it that you thought about being when you were a child, and how how did you get into telecoms? Um, well, I don't think I ever wanted to be a singer in the Spice Girls. I was a <laughs> choir boy at one point, but um, yeah, I, exactly. You don't walk down the road, trip up, bang your head, and go, "Hey, I'm going to do some SS7 programming now," right? Um, I think, like everybody else, you kind of fall into the industry. From my perspective. I came out of college back in the day when the internet bust happened, and I just happened to meet Dawood, and we uh, worked on SMS. This was external SMS marketing, very glitzy, glamour, you know, all that sort of stuff. But in 2005, we set up Celsius. Uh, we knew that marketing and, and, and external SMS stuff and things like that. Yeah, okay, it's great, but actually enabling that and the products behind that were our strengths. You know, we had dealt with all the. You know, big brands and you know national and international radio and TV and stuff like that. So we knew we had the capabilities to do something that was a little bit more special in the network and things like that. So we set up Celsius more as a technology company to enable that. I didn't get into telecoms directly. It was just a chance meeting, and we just started talking about SMS. And at the time, it was becoming huge. And yeah, I mean, it's a slippery slope from external SMS into SS7 core networking M3UA acronym hell, really, <laughs> isn't it?、Um, Everything we've done, we've kind of learned ourselves, you know. And I think that is one of the strengths we have. We have started from scratch. We didn't have any history. We didn't have any big training or worked in big companies. You know, you're probably aware that there's a lot of Irish companies in the domain, and it's great to see. Obviously, you know, we like to see Irish companies doing very well abroad. But ultimately, we did come from a different angle to a lot of the rest of them. And I think doing it all from scratch, building it up ourselves, has been、um, quite the eye opener. Um, you can see my grey hair.、Um, <laughs> that isn't accidental. That is totally from this industry. Okay, kids too. And really, I have to say, and、uh, we spoke about it earlier, Jason. When I was in college, I did some work in banking and、yeah. in programming. And you know, as I was saying, when you're doing banking programming, you're talking about putting in a number and you do some calculations that you spent weeks or months working on, and then another number comes out. With telecoms, you have a physical result. You can see text messages. You can see、yeah. people getting connected. You can enable the roaming. You can, you know, IoT, all this sort of stuff. It has that kind of connection about it, and the physical aspect of that is really—it's something amazing to see, and it's really satisfying that you are the one involved in doing that. You know,、yeah. um, so from my perspective, that's why I love being in the industry. 
being at a, an event like WAS is just, uh, you know, it's a melting pot of ideas, right? You know, I know we're all together, we're all very the same mindset and we're all great and all that, but, um, you know, it, it does kind of remind you that this is where things happen. This is how people roam. This is how people get connected when they go abroad. And this is where all the new and innovative ideas are coming out of. Bearing in mind that SMS is where it all started, we associate SMS with more A to P SMS these days. Is that a sad story for you? Is it? Not. <laughs> you see, the, the issue with an SMS firewall originally was that it's a security product. Yeah. Now, if you try and sell a security product to an operator, they're going, okay, what's my return on investment? It's like, you know, I don't know, the, the satisfaction of going to sleep at night and knowing that your customers are protected against spam, you know. The A2P industry is, is really interesting and I think most people 10 years ago predicted SMS would be dead by now, as with SS7, right? But yeah, it's gone from strength to strength. I think it is a money-making opportunity for everybody, you know, there's a lot of revenue out there. But still you have to have that security aspect, still you have to be able to protect people. I mean, we saw it earlier this year with that, uh, that attack in O2 Germany. Um, where the two-factor authentication SMS was used. Now, I think at the time, operators were thinking, well, am I liable for this, uh-oh, you know, or whatever. But it's not even that, right? If people cannot trust two-factor authentication, i.e. ATP SMS, then they will migrate and move away. And that's a massive loss for the operators right now. It's killing off the goose that laid the golden egg, right? But the security goes much deeper than that. And we've seen it over the last few years. Look, we've had our signaling firewall out for many years now. A lot of other people are doing it as well. And protecting against these threats is absolutely paramount in my view. And then when we move on to IoT, where, okay, yeah, your mobile phone is stolen, okay, some revenue, whatever. Now it could be life-threatening. Right. Your car, your uh, pacemaker, I mean, God knows what's going to be connected later. So, um, so let's get into that a bit, because I know that you guys, looking at your stand here in Marrakesh, you have a focus specifically on IT these days and you're very effective in seeing a roaming and in signaling firewall as well. So how does that work with IoT? I mean, what's what's right. the real risk? Well, yeah, so you're right. It's, 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 we took a look at our products, okay? So in particular, three of our products, the signaling firewall for SS7 and diameter protection, steering of roaming, which we have a fairly advanced system that can really segment your subscribers. Traditionally, we'd use it for, say, prepaid, postpaid, high minutes users, etc. You know, the standard kind of commercial stuff but it can obviously be applied to IoT. And our mobile broadband analytics, what's happening in the pipe as it comes to and from your device. So putting those together, and then you start looking at uh, the massive growth in IoT, what's the number one concern about IoT? It's security. I have a Nissan Leaf. Last year, there was a vulnerability whereby some guy could go to the website and put in some you know, random vehicle identification numbers and turn on the air conditioning in every Leaf in the world. <laughs> and you know, that's all fine and well if it's sitting outside in your driveway, but if you're in an airport car park and then you come back and your battery's drained, well, that's not so much fun. And, you know, it's a trivial kind of thing, but you can see now, I, I think with certain vehicles, um, you know, the, you, you can find demonstrations of it, brakes being applied, doors being opened, you know, everybody's concentrating on the device security. Webcams turned into botnets, okay. But we have a particular experience in signaling. So I'm Brinks. I use my IoT device to track my cache uh, in transit. I secure my device so nobody can get or intercept the IP GPS location or whatever. But I can use SS7 vulnerabilities to determine the cell ID and figure out kind of where he is right now. You know, I don't even have to touch the device. So at what point does the signaling security become bigger focus for everybody? And if you are selling IoT SIM cards, 
are you secure? The other thing then, as, as you mentioned, with steering and roaming, most IoT vendors are obviously a little bit nervous about um, applying a similar type of roaming um, preferences and things like that to their IoT SIM cards because essentially they want to make sure connectivity is always maintained. But that doesn't mean you can't apply selective steering or even offer that to your enterprise customers. Restrictions, you know, preferred networks. Yeah, okay, you want to make sure there's quality of service there. Our system is powerful enough to give you that selective quality of service versus the cheaper networks or whatever it is driving down the costs. So you have empowered your enterprise customers then in that case. You don't really care as much about this. Okay, if it doesn't get connected, that's fine as long as it's on the cheap network. Or this is a very, very important device I need connected all the time. Perfect. But in general, it's probably somewhere in the middle. So you want to do a little bit of steering. And yes, when there are quality service issues, we can identify the behavioral patterns and just make sure that the device gets connected. So that quality of service versus cost is very effectively provided by our steering roaming system. And I think that's going to be massive in IoT. The mobile broadband analytics, that has so many uses. It's already looking at analytics for a car manufacturer here in Europe. Um, okay, we're actually we're in Africa now. <laughs> okay, I'll stop drinking yeah. beer. <laughs> and um, the amount of information that it can provide far exceeds the sort of information that we've seen on the current platforms that are available for IoT. Yeah. And what use cases will there be in the future? Well, we as signaling providers or signaling vendor, um, we can see all that signaling, we have all that information, we have active filtering, active processing, we can protect your devices, we can steer it, and we can push all of that information up to your customers. That's the value-added service there. And with IoT, connectivity is such a low-margin thing, how do you keep the customers, especially in the concept of e-SIMs and yeah. just customer churn, yeah, okay, I'm just gonna switch you over to somewhere else immediately. Okay, you're gone. I don't get any money for you anymore. So that's where we're coming from. I think that our products are very well thought of in the industry, but by combining them in this way and packaging them up and just focusing some of the use cases on IoT, we can really add a huge amount of value to anybody who's providing IoT SIM cards to, uh, to, to enterprise customers. Question from my side is, of course, yeah, we know IoT devices, we know about the car industry. There are many, many uh, brands concerned about IoT security, but what other kind of devices or situations is this kind of useful for? For example, in the smart metering industry or what other verticals would you say have more security needs than... Right. Well, absolutely. And, you know, okay, location tracking and things like that for very important people. Okay, how many is that going to apply to? Right. Let's say I, I can use one of these SS7 vulnerabilities and what I can do is I can just a denial of service attack. I can just turn off all those smart meters. I mean, that would cause chaos. And remember, we're talking about fairly important infrastructure in a country. Mm. You know, I mean, how much chaos would it cause if all those devices stopped communicating back? And when you think of uh, electricity smart meters where they're trying to, you know, accommodate for maybe you've got solar panels, maybe you've got, um, you know, you're, you're pushing electricity back into the grid, you're using the information from these meters to fire up more coal plants, I don't know, maybe you're in China, but you're using all this information and telemetry and then they go dark and somebody then requests some money via Bitcoin to turn them all back on again, mm. right? And there's nothing you can do about it. What are you going to do then? You know? So everything like this has to be looked at, as you say, in that vertical. Okay, yes, cars are life-threatening, but other things are very important too. And 
it's our job to analyze that and look at it with that very critical mindset. Where are these threats? Attending the fraud and security group a lot as I do, I'm from the security side. I can see a lot of these things happening. We developed the signaling firewall to protect against security threats. But this being exposed to the fraud manager side has been a real eye opener for me. And again, as I say, with that attack earlier in the year, now all of a sudden the signaling uh, security vulnerabilities are being used to make money for a fraudster. Yeah. And there's a, you know, it, it, it's a totally interrelated industry now, security and fraud. Well, that kind of makes people open up and go, oh, right, crap. You know, it's not yeah. just about tracking some guy. And that's what we need to do. We need to make sure that, you know, an IoT security is a number one kind of thing when people think of IoT, what's going to happen. It yeah. is all about security. Connectivity is kind of a given, right? Because <laughs> if you're not connected, you're not really IoT. Security is the main thing here. And we don't think enough attention is being paid to the signaling security side. It's been a long process educating a lot of the operators out there about even just the security stuff that the GSMA have done great work on um, in their documentation on both SS7 and diameter. But now with IoT, this has life-changing effects. The worst that could happen before is, yeah, okay, some fraud or your, your mobile phone doesn't work or somebody tracks you. Now your car could swerve off the road. I mean, come on. So it's very important for us as signaling experts come along and talk with all the other experts in IoT device security, end-to-end -end authentication and encryption, and just make sure that, uh, you know, that that part of it is being thought through. I just want to go back to the beginning of where we started the conversation and ask you simply, if somebody, with all this talk of Internet of Things, I mean, obviously there's a lot of people interested in, in the telecom space, a lot of companies probably looking at telecoms for the very first time. What recommendation could you give to anybody who is entering into the telecoms industry from your experience? Um, into the telecoms industry, get used to the acronyms. Oh my <laughs> God. There's a totally different language going on in this industry. It's yeah. very confusing. But yes, if I could go back and tell myself 15 years ago yeah, something, it would definitely be... Because telecoms is very much about the standards and, and where it's from. And you need a historical perspective on where we've been and where we've, we, we are now. You don't need to go back to switchboards and you know people physically connecting lines and all that sort of stuff. But you do need to grasp the understanding of how the mobile phone industry developed where it came from, what are the drivers. If you're on the technical side, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to learn. But it's not as inaccessible as people think. And it's all logical. You just need to get a little bit of a kickstart. I don't know, it's a hard one to put out there. I think going to these meetings and, and, and seeing the entire ecosystem as opposed to being a programmer and just doing some, you know, writing an SMS firewall or things like that is a different experience. But that's what's essential. Yeah. You need to understand the commercial side, you need to understand the user side, you need to understand the operator side. Now there's hubs, now there's carriers, now there's, you know, aggregators, vendors themselves, you know, the entire ecosystem and a, a bird's eye view of that sort of stuff is essential before you even get in. Because it's like anything when you're trying to learn. You have to have that skeleton and then focus on the bits where you flesh it out later. You know, and if you don't have that skeleton, then you cannot see the woods from the trees. I'm going to throw more cliches in here, Brent, <laughs> uh, Jason, if you keep, uh, keep asking me. No, here, it's very, very good advice. Alan, <laughs> thank you so much for your time today. No problem. And, uh, we great to talk have, to you again. Have a great conference. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Look out for more big interviews in the coming weeks. 
if you're an MNO, you might be interested in taking our Roaming Consumer eSIM or IoT Security surveys available from our website. It only takes a few minutes and we will send you a free executive summary report of our findings. Until next time, this is Jason Bryan and you've been listening to The Big Interview from Rocco Radio. Thank you.